Good afternoon. If somebody could please just um, indicate that you can hear me and that I should be streaming. Hello, is that you, Doris, behind me? And who's that other fella? Dave, please have a seat. We're going to have a, a, um, a bit of an audience today. Um, yes, I can hear you, okay. Bit of an audience because um, tonight's the dinner for the um, CAST seminar starts. So we have uh, four people sitting in the room behind me, uh, some of which might want to stay anonymous. And uh, we're at my house at Pepsi Castle, like um, I think the last um, webcast that we gave. And um, I have a, a couple of main topics that I'm going to cover, um, which are, you know, now what? Uh, it appears that uh, the economy is not turning around, whether it's in the UK or in the US or any place else, except for in niche industries. And um, what do I do uh, to make money? Uh, but before that, I want to make a couple of announcements. Um, the people that are sitting in the room are uh, kind of a, a diverse group. <coughs> we have one gentleman, that's, this is his sixth seminar. Uh, we have one lady, a sixth castle seminar. Uh, we have one lady who, this is her second castle seminar. Uh, we have uh, two gentlemen, and I don't know if they're gentlemen or not, but I know one of them at least isn't a gentleman. He's Mikey the Pizza Boy, who I've written about in my newsletter. This is his first seminar. And then Dave, who I don't know him. Uh, in fact, he just walked in. First time I've ever seen him in person. Uh, this is his first seminar. But I think it's, it's, it's important uh, to, to just point out a couple of things. The guy that's attending the sixth seminar, he... Um, first heard me speak in 1995. Doris, who's attending her second seminar, first heard me speak about 1995 as well. One in Los Angeles, or one in San Diego or Los Angeles, and one in Florida. Um, I don't know the, the statistics on Dave, but Mikey first found out about me about six years ago. And um, why would people, uh, and all of them are ostensibly successful. Uh, a couple of them are very successful. And why would they continue to come back? Because we forget, and we're out there in the um, in, in the public, uh, and uh, people um, beat us up. And we want to change uh, our lifestyle. We want to change uh, how we think. Um, I'd like to read something to you. Another member of um, the uh, seminar attendees is not here yet. Um, has been looking at whether he should come to the seminar or he should buy more product, etc. And so I put him in touch with one of the um, my um, mentees that attended the last seminar. And um, they met in uh, Passau, Germany, a few weeks ago. And uh, this is the email that I got from uh, the former attendee, which I think is important, Jermaine. Yesterday I met with Marcus near Passau to talk to him and to give him a glimpse about you and the QLA strategies and, and how they enable you and what you can do. Um, for him, I hope he will come to the castle. By the way, this is English is his second language. Um, his English should be sufficient uh, to understand what you're going to teach him. Uh, and I made it clear to him that I made several mistakes when, one, I was at Guthrie Castle in 1997 when I was still open to the still open to the public and I did not wait around to meet you. Two, I did not uh, get your book before 2005. Three, 
I did not go to the council seminar before 2010. It takes the Germans a while to make up their mind. <laughs> Except for when they're going to start a war. They know how to do that. Okay. Uh, so I hope he does uh, not repeat my mistake. To his quantum leap, Robert. Then I wrote him back and, I, and uh, I asked him, well, can I use this in the seminar or on a webcast? He said yes. As you find it useful, you may use this uh, timeline. It is simply how I happen it happened. And it would be an honor to me, uh, even if these were just a few, of the, as you mentioned, just a few of the huge mistakes I made in my 13 years. Um, procrastination kills more deals than were killed in the World War I and World War II. Um, and uh, I want to talk about um, what would I do now, knowing what I know now after almost 40 years going forward. Well, for about 25 or 28 years, I've been telling people that the future of the world, if I had to start all over again, is in healthcare and telecommunications, and by telecommunications, it transferred into um, the uh, internet. People are living longer. People are uh, obviously don't want to die. Uh, Two-thirds of all the money spent on uh, healthcare in your lifetime is spent the last uh, six to 10 weeks of your life and two-thirds of those two-thirds are spent in the last 10 days of your lifetime. So it's obvious nobody wants to die, you know, and they keep putting money out that they aren't going to leave to their relatives, I guess, or to their spouse. So healthcare is where, where it's at. I have a, a, a friend of mine, a lawyer, used to be my lawyer, who's now running for governor of the, um, of the state of Florida. Um, and uh, he is the founder of Columbia Healthcare. Uh, at one time was the largest healthcare provider and healthcare employer in the United States, for that matter, in the world. Uh, he, he, he took that knowledge and he and $100,000, which is more money than a lot of people have, and he started Columbia Healthcare uh, until the government in the Clinton administration threw out. Uh, I still say healthcare, but how do you get into healthcare in 2010 when uh, Obamacare is about to end? Now, if Obamacare ends, you can have more opportunities in healthcare. If Obamacare doesn't end, you're not going to have as many opportunities, but there'll still be opportunities. But all those opportunities cost some amount of money. And most of the people that are looking for a different way of life don't have those sums of money. So how do I get involved in healthcare? I'll get to that in a second. Okay, what's the other area that I still think is tremendous? Telecommunications or the net. I'm, in, I'm involved in, in, in a couple of net businesses which are uh, uh, doing well and have been uh, for about six years now. But how do I get involved in telecommunications? You're certainly not going to buy a telco, or maybe you can. Uh, the, uh, it's harder to get money from venture capitalists, I'm told. Uh, it's, it's harder to get money for anything, I'm told. We'll, we'll get around to that in a second. Well, one of the things I was thinking about, because it is, I'm told it's harder, although I have mentees or today getting money from banks but what they're not getting money from banks for is $50,000, $100,000, or $300,000. They're getting money from banks for five or fifteen or twenty-five or $200 million. And what I see <coughs> from the emails that I get is that most people think too small and start too small. If you need fifty dollars or $100,000, it's going to be tough to get it from a bank. And that's why most projects, 95 or 97% of all projects are st started by, with money from friends, fools, and family. Mainly fools. Because anybody that would loan you money or give you money for a start is probably an idiot. 
because you have no track record, etc. Your probabilities are somewhat increased if when you have a green team, etc., and you back yourself up, as I suggest, in all the QLA material. So how do I get into telco, the internet, or into healthcare in today's market if I'm not looking at a five or 10 or $20 million deal? First thing is, look at a five or 10 or $20 million deal. You'd be more likely to get the money with a, a, a key uh, chairman, anchor chairman as I call them, and key board members. I tell the story about um, Bro Crump, God lover, and I hope you're listening, Bro. She's uh, a Canadian, still lives in Canada. They came down to Florida and got $55 million from the insurance company by writing her business plan on a tablecloth at an Italian restaurant. As I sat across the river, I think it's the St. James River, well, I forget the name of the river, with Ron Legrand, God love him too, which I just talked to recently. Uh, he and I are on another board. Uh, and, uh, and I couldn't get my own guys to go across the street because Jacksonville, Florida is the home of uh, many insurance companies. But I could get a mentee from Canada she's a woman and she doesn't think with between her legs and she went down and did it so how, how, how do you get started well the first recommendation I have is take advantage if the tax cuts or the Bush tax cuts are being uh, canceled <coughs> as some people say they will be I would take capital gains now because you're gonna pay less tax if the Bush tax cuts don't get canceled then you know, I wouldn't necessarily give that advice I'd still sell into any rising market but so First of all, you've got to add one or two or three zeros onto any project that, um, that you're uh, thinking of, whether it's the internet or um, uh, healthcare. But let's say you can't do that. Let's say that's so far out of your comfort zone that you can't, you can't approach an anchor chairman to be your board on your board uh, when you're thinking of a $500,000 project and you're gonna, you can't jack it up to $25 million. It's just not within you, you know, your comfort zone. Well then, what I've seen a lot of people do, and in fact one of my mentees from uh, Romania, he actually wrote a newsletter for me, which I haven't marketed on the uh, internet yet, but, and how he used my precepts to go make money on the internet. Because you don't need any money to start on the internet. Any moron, and certainly I've met thousands and thousands of morons on the internet, to start with a credit card and with an idea, you can be an affiliate, there's all kinds of ways to make money on the internet without any capital. I have another uh, seminar attendee who will get here uh, later tonight, who, while he was still in college, was making 30 or 40 grand a month, this is a couple years ago, on the internet, and he used that capital, uh, he saved it, unlike most of us, and would piss it down a rat hole, he saved it to start his business. So there are opportunities, both on the, uh, for healthcare uh, and uh, for, um, uh, telecommunications stroke the internet. In healthcare, the specific areas that I would be interested in, since two-thirds of the two-thirds are spent the last 10 days of human life, what machines, what new patents or patents for the Brits uh, are available to get involved in that you can take advantage of this, um, cra not craze, but this fear of, of dying in, because so much money is spent on uh, healthcare. There's a good chance in these upcoming elections in a few days that Obamacare is gonna get thrown out. But it's not gonna get thrown out overnight. Uh, and it will give you time to ascertain where is the best place for you. 
the best place to start, and unfortunately we were having a doctor attend this seminar, was a doc, uh, something came up and he couldn't come. He's a 35-year-old anesthesiologist that decided after being a doctor, being going to school 11 years and being a doctor five or six years, he didn't want to be a doctor anymore. And so uh, I was planning on asking him, but I have other doctor friends. And if you have a doctor, ask your doctor friend. I mean, currently we're looking at uh, uh, several projects. Uh, I'm not that thrilled with, with startups, but there are projects you can get involved in. And there are health products that are being sold on the internet today, that, that uh, some of which fall into the category that I just mentioned. But the worst thing to do is not do anything. I, I get a lot of emails. Uh, I'm uh, 29 years old. I'm 42 years old. And um, I've tried this. I've tried that. Uh, and it has failed. And these guys have only failed three or four times in their life. And they've given up. I can't count the failures I've had, I don't, but it's probably as many gray hairs as I have on this face that I look like Santa Claus when I look at myself in this, this, this scan thing here. But uh, I made a lot of mistakes, and, uh, but nobody remembers me for those mistakes. They only remember me for the three or four times that I hit it out of the park. That's great. Some of that's marketing. Some of that's bullshit. Some of that's bravado. But the bottom line is, as I've said many, many times, nobody remembers that Hardly anybody remembers that Babe Ruth, the Sultan of Swat, still holds the strikeout record in the National uh, Baseball League. Uh, and he doesn't hold the home run record anymore. Uh, and I don't know where he stands. He set out steroids to the guys that now hold the record. But he's remembered because he was a, a great hitter, not because he led the league and still leads the league in strikeouts. But I get countless emails from people saying, you know, I read all your tapes, I bought your book. I don't have enough money to attend your seminar, um, and normally the, the next sentence is, when are you going to give a seminar in America again, which probably isn't anytime soon, but they've already given up. I can, I can sense it in their emails, just as in my last uh, webcast, when I started getting tough on commitment, the last two or three minutes of the webcast, and for those that missed that, it's now on my site, the last five minutes of the webcast, where I get pretty excited about the difference between most people's commitment and a high-performance person's commitment. And uh, all of a sudden, the comments dried up. Nobody was making any comments. And the reason that nobody was making any comments is because they realized that in their heart they aren't willing to make that kind of commitment. Well, I would rather deal with people that are willing to make commitments. But uh, another comment um, about um, the Internet. If you don't understand the social media, Facebook, Twitter, uh, what's the other one? Facebook, Twitter. Uh, I can't think of the third one. Oh, yeah, Google, excuse me. Um, I'm looking at a number here. By the number, social networks had 1.2 billion, uh, or just Facebook, had 1.2 billion uh, people use it uh, in July of this year. 1.2 billion. Uh, Microsoft didn't invest 250 million dollars for just two or three percent in the company because it's not the future. Uh, and many say, and uh, I tend to agree, it's the future of marketing on the internet as well. Google is uh, having to take a second, uh, second place. Um, there were 65 million tweets. I think I'm saying that right. In the month of July, uh, and there were. 
3.2 million iPods sold in the month of July. Those three figures speak volumes about telecommunications stroke the internet going forward. Many of you are still young enough to take advantage of that. Even the old people listening have taken advantage of it and I've, I've joined in in the last five or six years. Um, if you don't take advantage of it, uh, then, you know, whether it's marketing for your own product or getting involved in, uh, in trying to make money, some of the people I've made suggestions to, to make money on the internet, whether it's an affiliate program or whatever, and save that money because there's no cost and no overhead other than the advertising, which can be formidable. I'm not, I'm not trying to downplay that. So you have a down payment, if, as it were, for you to move forward in another business uh, that uh, you're interested in. The, um, it, it, it's crucially important that whatever you do, you move forward. In updating my seminar uh, the last week, I've spent about 50 hours updating the seminar. And the seminar is about 50 hours. So I still spend about an hour outside for every seminar I give. Although, as at least two of the people sitting behind me would tell you, I could give this seminar in a coma. In a fucking coma. Because I know the precepts so well. Uh, Doris, who's sitting behind me, just chuckles. She saw me the first time in 1995, I said, in Florida. And uh, she attended a seminar, but she didn't come to the castle until two years ago? Right. Two years ago. Whereas Robert, who's sitting over in this corner, heard me in San Diego at a Ron Legrand seminar, um, uh, didn't contact me until 2004-ish. Is that right? Robert? Three, excuse me, 2003. Um, but in updating the seminar and listening to what Tom Edison said and Henry Ford and, and Bill Gates and a lot of other great entrepreneurs, momentum is the most important thing about uh, being an entrepreneur, meaning keep moving forward. I mean, no matter what mistakes you make, keep moving forward. Keep selling. Mike, uh, uh, who now makes movies, who made pizzas, uh, that's not a problem for him because he has, he's from the East Coast, He's got an assertive personality. He's got a big mouth, and he likes to sell. Uh, and uh, but for a lot of us, I, I don't fall into that category. I fall into his category. When I say a lot of us, I mean generically all of us. A lot of us, it, we don't have that kind of personality. But you got to remember, there are two ends of the uh, leadership continuum. There's the uh, Henry Kissinger, for those of you that are old enough to remember him, and then there's uh, General Patton or Norman Schwarzkopf or some of the more aggressive guys. There's a, there's Colin Powell, and then there's the Dan Pena. The most leaders are on the Colin Powell end, quiet statesmen. There's not too many people that are loudmouth like Mike and myself. Um, but it shouldn't stop you. And when I read these emails, I mean, it brings tears to my eyes to hear people say, well, uh, I tried three or four times, and I'm giving up. I'm going back to work. I'm going to get a job, etc. whatever they came out of it, whatever were. Uh, it's very unusual for a guy like a doctor who didn't, couldn't make it uh, to realize after three or four years of actu actually practicing medicine, he didn't want to be a doctor anymore. And just think of the commitment. 10, 11 years in school, then three or four, that's 15 years. And then to say, no, I want to do something else. It's the same reason people can stay married, you know, and I'm, I'm not one to, uh, 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 to, to tell you to give up on your marriage. 
but a lot of people know after two or three years of marriage that they made a mistake, you know, you know but they still think that they've got a time invested. Um, it's, you only go out around once in life, and one of the things that I've been dealing with several of my mentees, I've asked them to write their obituary in recent weeks, my son included, my youngest son. Um, it's very, it's very um, difficult for young people to write their obituary. Because when you write your obituary, uh, having been involved in my father's obituary uh, about a year ago, or less than a year ago, you put the highlights of your life. Well, if you're writing it, you're only 35 or you're only 25, you're writing about what you want your highlights to be. And if you don't know what your if you don't even know what you want your highlights to be, then they, the, the probabilities of your highlights coming to fruition are zero. Zero. And uh, one of the uh, things in reading through the 1,150 slides, and I've added 150 slides to the seminar. That's why we're starting at eight tomorrow morning, not nine, guys. Uh, is that um, the um, all these guys, all the, the famous entrepreneurs that you talk about are um, goal orientated, uh, had affirmations, they had dreams, they saw their dreams ahead, etc., etc. Uh, Jeannie says, my words are echoing too much. Does that mean you can't hear me? Or Janet, excuse me. Does that mean you can't hear me, Janet? Netherlands, I'm not talking about, I mean, can you or can you not hear me? Somebody, just somebody type in yes or no. No, sorry, seven times. No echoes, but two silence. Two silence? Are you fucking kidding me? What are you smoking? Two silence. Nice to see you, Bruce. Oh, Sister, Sister Superior, if you're listening, I, I'm sorry I just said those bad words. Um, the, uh, so I, I'll s sit a little closer to the, uh, the mic. But it's the first time in my adult life that anybody said they couldn't hear me. And, and I would suggest that maybe you need to go to the doctor and check your ears. Or stop. You're from the Netherlands, so you're probably doing drugs. So um, uh, another thing that uh, has come to light in, in, in recent uh, days Juan Williams, who's a, a black uh, a newscaster or, uh, or a journalist, was fired from uh, National Public Radio a couple days ago. And um, I'm not a fan of Mr. Williams, although he seems like an honest guy. Uh, but the journalistic world and the free press has more or less come to his defense. And, uh, they're, uh, and what they've said is political correctness has gone too far. Now, I've never fallen into that gap of being politically correct, so that's not really my problem. But I have a new section in the seminar saying about the, the trouble with business today, or one of the pro problems with business today, is that you need to nut up, um, and for the, which I means to man up, and that now we bite our tongue when we hear somebody saying something just completely off the wall. We bite our tongue uh, because we don't want to, uh, God forbid, uh, a black person or a Hispanic person or, uh, God forbid, or Allah forbid, a Muslim person uh, should be offended. And I th we've swung way too far. Now, I hope that this uh, firing of Mr. Williams um, uh, brings us back to reality because um, the biggest problem in business, as Jack Welch, the former CEO of General Electric, has said, and I agree totally, is candor. In other words, if you've got an employee that's got body odor, how do you tell them? You've got an employee that's, you know, uh, 
needs to brush his teeth, how do you tell him? Now, I've always just told him, brush your fucking teeth. <laughs> you know? Or take a fucking bath. Again, sister, please forgive me. But this is the only way I can make the point. Um, I have fans in the Catholic Church, so that's why I keep saying this to a mother superior. Um, and, um, but a lot of you out there probably wouldn't. You wouldn't tell them, or you'd get, uh, huddle around the coffee cooler or the water cooler and say, how do we tell Joe that he's got body odor? Or how do we tell Joe that he should clean his clothes? Now, this is beyond my comprehension. I can't, I, I can't understand why you do that, but I know people do it. Because even when I was younger, 20, 30 years ago, people would come to me and say, Dan, uh, we need your help. And I said, how can I help you? Um, well, can you, can you tell so-and-so such-and-such? I said, why? I don't even, he works in a different building, or he's, you know, what the hell do I, why should I do it? He says, because we don't know how to do it. And so I pick up the phone, and I say, so-and-so, this is Pena. Take a fucking bath. Now, I know that's shocking, and I'll probably have less people on the, um, my next webcast. But to be politically correct, it's one thing when you're a doctor and you know that the patient's only got three days to live, and you make it soft, and you try to have good bedside manner. But unless you're a doctor on here, uh, I don't think you need to do that. A little reality. Everybody needs a reality check. Everybody know, needs to know how to suck up their pantyhose, as they used to say. Um, and very few people do it. My own children are fall victim to that. Uh, and uh, I think they're overreacting because I've been so tough. They've tried not to be tough. Maybe that's it. I don't know exactly what it is. I probably won't know, and maybe maybe one of my children will say it at my eulogy when I'm dead. But um, the um, I, I want you to um, understand that, um, and I, I want to go back to what do we do um, in 2011. Um, the projects that we're getting over our desk now, uh, for people that are asking my opinions, are less now than they were in years gone by. And that's understandable because of the economy. They're less now, um, and uh, but there's nobody looking for grandiose numbers, say four or five. I have one mentee who's in an energy deal who's looking to raise uh, $450 million the first tranche. He's got a, a classy uh, first-class board, and uh, uh, I've got uh, several other mentees that are looking for you know uh, slightly less numbers. I've got um, this Robert that I alluded to. Robert that I alluded to uh, is went from doing three to five million dollar deals, euro deals, to now 120 to 200 million euro deals because he just added zeros and he was already successful. Uh, just imagine if he had come here 13 years ago in his prime. Robert, I know you're listening, and I don't mean to say that you're all old and shriveled up at 39. But just imagine if you had come here when you were 26, like Mikey the pizza boy, you know. But better late than never. Better late than never. And um, I, uh, but I, I, I get too many, you know, I've heard from people, I'll sell, I'm going to have to sell my kidney to come to your seminar. Or I'm going to have to do this, and I, and I don't want your kidney money. But um, it seems to me that people are down. And um, when I read the figures of unemployment in the United States, and they say that really there's another nine or 10 million people unemployed, 
but for whatever reason the government doesn't count them, or they don't count people that have been unemployed more than six months because those people have given up. I mean, I'd, I'd be going into uh, second gear if I was un unemployed six months. I certainly wouldn't be giving up. And of course, you know, uh, there was a special on CNN how a, uh, a young woman for seven or eight years collected uh, unemployment, food stamps, and a couple other programs, sat on the beach in Venice, in California, uh, while she paid for her two children to go to private school. Well, I'm sure that's not how the system was set up to, to be run. And it's, it's tragic that, that that's, that's the, uh, the case. Um, the, uh, I want, I, 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 I want to uh, spend a few minutes um, again. Um, I'm not suggesting that you go into the Internet and, and, and for, uh, for, uh, forfeit your overall goal. But if you can't get the money, and you won't allow your comfort zone to go and try to do a five or ten million dollar deal, then the only alternative you have other than giving up is to find a source of revenue that you can save and put the money together yourself. Um, and um, so that's why I would, I would su suggest that. And um, I'm for expanding your comfort zone and going after the big deals. Um, but um, it's, it's extremely difficult. And what I find interesting is that it seems to be more difficult in hard times than in um, uh, easier times. But the true statistics, the facts bear me out that less people are looking for money today than a year ago. Less, not more. Why is it less? Because they've given up. They listen to the news. They listen to Katie Couric on CBS, and she tells you that, you know, the foreclosures are at the highest, et cetera, et cetera. So less people, not more. And because there are less people looking, you have more opportunity. You have more opportunity. Um, but because we're, we're, we're battered down by our own uh, circumstances. One of the slides, my favorite slides in the seminar that I, I love seeing is a slide that uh, I quote Freud. Sigmund Freud, uh, not the used car salesman from Panorama City. This is Sigmund Freud, the famous psychiatrist from about 100 years ago. Uh, and he said, look at a child. Child believes in Santa Claus. Child believes in the tooth fairy. Child uh, doesn't know that there's limits to his uh, uh, abilities. A child is all happy and smiling from the time they wake up, other than, you know, than when you take the bottle away or something. They're happy, cherub little kids. Then what happens? Look at the average adult living a quiet life of desperation that they're better off putting a fucking bullet in their head. What happens between that kid of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight? Uh, I, I, I still believe in Santa Claus when I was 13, but most kids about eight or nine. Uh, and um, the adult, life happens to them. And life happens to them because, you know, and as I've said before, you're judged by who you hang around with. Most of the people that, unfortunately, both your family and your friends, uh, the same fools and friends and family that supported your transaction, um, are downers. They're not uppers in your life. And uh, the, uh, I'm not suggesting that you get rid of all your family and all your friends. Um, 
It's not a bad idea, but I'm not suggesting it. And it's not because I'm trying to be politically correct by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, I just know that uh, having dealt with coaching since 1993, that uh, not that many people will, uh, will do that. Uh, at least one person in this room has done that, though. I know, for a fact. And, uh, and uh, some, of, some of my other uh, mentees have done it as well. But guys, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, if it were easy, you know, I'm sitting here looking at out the window at the golf course, and and I'm not and I'm not being braggadocious. I'm not. I'm just telling these are the fucking facts. Looking at my Bentley and my DB9 Aston Martin out the window, and I did this last time. Let's do it again. Let's see. I hope you can see them. And I know how goddamn hard I worked to get them. And I continue to work. I happen to love it. And one of the things I was listening to Dave Winfield uh, on television uh, a couple days ago, and he has a company that helps people transform from uh, being a professional athlete out into the, the, the real world. And he said, he advises all the guys um, and gals, you got to find something that you like. And um, most of you are suffering. Um, and it's, I often say this, I was also another slide in the seminar. Um, Britain and Germany lead the country of Europe uh, uh, for vacations. Uh, there's no mandatory vacation holiday time in the United States. Uh, and in certain countries in Europe, it's uh, normally four to six to seven, eight weeks even. And um, uh, I heard somebody say recently, and then I remembered that Henry Ford said many, many years ago, if you, if you, you need a vacation and you need a holiday, it's because you're doing something you don't like. And if, if you need, because you're burned out, you're doing something you don't like. I mean, I, I can say this remembering when I was a kid. I never got burned out from sex. Because I liked it. I mean, you get burned out, maybe your wife or your partner won't sleep with you anymore. But is it because you don't like it? Is it because you don't want it? No. If you really like what you did, you continue to do it. Obviously. And I lost the chat here. I'm going to try to. There we go. Um, I'm going to try to. Um, you're obviously doing something you don't like. Um, I've been in touch with mentees at some seminars in the last three or four years, and I've gotten a lot of people to switch careers. And I said that's all right to switch careers because it's a lot easier to work hard and many hours and stay devoted if you like what you do, and if you love what you do, and if you have real passion for what you do then it's no problem. It's no problem. Uh, it's no problem for me to work 50 hours on a seminar. Uh, and I was teasing to my assistant, uh, Kim, and uh, she was here till 9.15 last night, Saturday night, and she was here till 9 or 9.30 Friday night. And she'll be here, I don't know, maybe a, a little earlier she'll leave tonight. And uh, I said, how do you like working seven days a week, 12, 14 hours a day? And um, I'll just let you guess what she said. And um, but she says it's much different when you're here. Yeah, well that's true. It is much different when I'm here because I don't think about it. I didn't have to spend 50 hours on this seminar. I didn't have to update it. I just gave it in April. You know, and I spent a lot of time updating it again. But I did because one, I like what I do. 
you know, when was the last time you spent a week updating something that you didn't have to? Only you can answer that question. Only you. And um, the um, and this 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 high performance life. You know what what different what differentiates a, a high performance person from all the others? It's how we make uh, decisions under pressure. Um, for, for those that are on the chat, and I know some aren't on the chat because they're afraid that I'm going to be able to see through them and get in their brain, but. Have you ever been involved in a business decision that made you sick to your stomach? If you have, then you know what a high performance person feels every single day of his life. If you're not pushing yourself to feel sick to your stomach, then you are not, you're living within the box and you're not pushing yourself enough. And I realize that not everybody wants to be a high performance person, well then you, you shouldn't be listening to my webcast and you shouldn't be buying my stuff and reading my book and God knows <coughs> you shouldn't come to the seminar. But if you want to be a high performance person and you haven't, you know, it's like the first time that you asked somebody out on a date. You were nervous. You might have even been nauseous. Uh, I haven't felt that nervous feeling in a long, long time. Um, but if you're not, I mean, you're living at the more quiet end of the continuum of desperation than the high performance end. Um, the, um, I think Robert said it best, you know, he made mistakes for 13 years, but he's certainly making up for them now. Since April, he's been going like a crazy man, doing stuff, and, uh, and he feels driven. I can tell when I talk to him, and I talk to those seminar attendees just as I'm going to talk to these seminar attendees once a month for the next year. Uh, I mean, I think he's got passion. He's not the only one that has passion, but I mean, I think he may feel that he wasted the most time of anybody that came to the seminar at that seminar. Uh, and he's made up for it by doing all kinds of really uh, neat things um, in, uh, in the marketplace. Uh, and he's from a little town in, in Germany, in Bavaria. Uh, he's not in Frankfurt and he's not in you know, uh, Munich or he's not in New York City. Because there's no excuse now. Now, with the internet, there's no excuse. You can get a lot of business done without ever meeting people because you have this kind of interface. And there's other webcasts that you can have two-way webcasts where you can see each other. Um, now, let me see if I can answer a few questions. Do you have bankable assets, living or do you depend uh, depends on you? Oh, you're, you're talking to each other. Okay, that's okay. talking about orgasms. Well, I don't think we should be sharing that. Um, maybe I got the wrong chat room here. Uh, okay, well, you seem to be satisfying yourself. Okay. Um, I didn't get any comments about uh, my question that I had earlier um, in, the, uh, in the webcast. Um, and uh, about do you like what you're doing? Uh, and uh, so I assume that uh, most people don't like what they're doing. Most people are, are working uh, 9 to 5 or 9 to 8 or whatever the hours are to uh, continue to maintain their lifestyle. 
yet almost all the uh, correspondence that I get uh, is that uh, people aren't happy. So that I don't understand this is dichotomy. People aren't happy yet they continue to do what they do. Um, I, I don't I don't understand that mentality, and uh, perhaps some of you uh, uh, do understand it. Um, I, I I want you to know that in um, the weeks, uh, near weeks, not too many weeks ahead, I will be coming out with um, a new product, and I haven't had a new product in a long, long time. Uh, and um, the uh, um, we will see uh, this week at the seminar. We'll test some ideas, some new ideas. And I'm looking forward to uh, getting uh, the opinions of the people. Uh, this seminar, we have people from the uh, United States, we have people from uh, China, uh, we have people from uh, the Philippines, we have people from uh, uh, Britain, we have people from Austria. Uh, and um, it's a pretty diverse group. Uh, we have uh, a father and two sons will be a first, uh, and um, we have uh, people that I've already, already mentioned here uh, today. Um, I, 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 I want to say, not in closing, because I, we still have a few more minutes, that um, I had asked if um, we had any hot topics, um, and uh, the only hot topics that we got uh, was what do I do in 2011? Really, what do I do tomorrow? Uh, and uh, I think I've, I've tried to answer that. Um, but if you've only tried three or four times and you've given up more or less, so because some of the questions I ask you, okay, when was the last time you tried that? And you say 2006, 2008, 2009. It's like raising money. I ask people in the raising capital portion of the seminar or in the raising capital seminar that I used to give, uh, how many have made a financial presentation this year? Uh, not even 100% of the people, financial presentation being defined as trying to get money for their project uh, or their business. How many people have done it in the last six months? A few raise their hand. How many have done it in the last uh, four weeks? Uh, a few raise their hand. Uh, how many have done it in the last week? Uh, normally nobody raises their hand. Uh, how many have done it today or yesterday? Sometimes I get one person raise their hand. So that must mean that they're not really serious about finding capital to grow their business. If you're not making financial presentations at least twice a week, twice a week, then you're not serious. Now some of the people, and I think some of the people that are sitting in this room and that are attending the seminar, their business is cash generative. So they have the money. They don't need to go find finance. Well, in that case, then it's even worse if they're not trying to expand their business um, uh, geometrically. Um, as we get older, myself included, we all tend to want to take on less risk because everybody tells us that we should be careful with our assets. Um, and I even find myself, unless I push myself, to go into new vistas, new horizons, that I'll fall into the same thing, partially because uh, I'm not in the same position as many of you uh, that are listening to me today. Um, but be that as it may, 
is a real benefit for me to have seminars and continue to interface with people is that I get excited about some of their projects. And, uh, and from time to time, uh, I get involved with them still. Uh, and from time to time, I have them here. Um, but unless you are surrounding yourself with other people that are hungry, other high-performance people that still want to accomplish things in their lives, the chances of you accomplishing greater things uh, is um, uh, not likely. I think uh, the, mo the new elections that are coming up in the United States um, will be uh, carried, a majority of them, uh, to the Republicans. I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I do know the Republicans are pissed off, not just the Republicans, the whole nation's pissed off, because Mr. Obama, as nice a man as he might be, has not fulfilled uh, the uh, aspirations of the people that put him in office. I also think that uh, there'll be, as I said at the beginning of the webcast, there'll be retraction of some of the laws uh, put in force. Uh, and the, the one that I think that would benefit the people that are listening to this the greatest is to study Obamacare and to see what's going to go back to the old ways and see if you can find a place, uh, some place to make money. Um, the, um, what will happen in the elections in 2012, I don't know. If Mr. Obama's as smart as Mr. Clinton was, he'll resurrect himself and get reelected. If he's not the communicator that Mr. Uh, Clinton uh, was and is, uh, then he won't and he'll lose. And then who will run against him? Um, I don't know. Uh, there's a good chance Hillary Clinton will um, make a make a choice after these midterm elections to go and uh, withdraw, resign, and uh, run against him and his own party. And who the Republicans will have, I have no idea. Uh, the uh, Tea Party is pretty strong in the United States now, and um, Sarah Palin, lover or hater, has resurrected herself since the debacle of the um, last election in 2008. Uh, but there's other uh, fair-haired people uh, that uh, may have a run. But as an example, the United States is going to make a change one way or the other. It's, it's not that difficult to make a change. So I'd ask yourselves, why is it so difficult for you? Why? Yeah, I know your son is going to college and you, your daughter's in the fourth grade and you got a mortgage, and, and now, the, unfortunately, they may be foreclosing on mortgages. Uh, just before I went on the air, I heard that Bank of America is starting foreclosures again Monday in 23 states. They determined they've done nothing wrong, and they're going to uh, foreclose on properties again, uh, <coughs> which is too bad for the people. So how would I deal with a bank? And I've had banks threaten to foreclose, etc. I mean, you have to sit down with them. You can't deal with an email. You've got to make an appointment. You've got to somehow get in to see him, or at the very least talk to him on the phone. Offer him some, some form of payment. But, you know, standing, uh, standing in line in an email queue for day, hours or days or weeks isn't going to get anything accomplished. Um, I was once told by a senior vice president of Bank of America many years ago, how many phone calls do you think a Bank of America manager, bank manager, branch manager gets um, a year? He said, depending on the size of the bank, between 25 and 50,000 calls. Now, she managed a six, 
largest branch in the Bank of America chain. And he says, why do you think the bank managers don't call you back? And I said, well, I came up with a couple of smart-ass remarks. And then she said, because they don't have the time. There's just not physically enough time. So who gets an that call answered at a bank? The greasy wheel always gets the oil. I had a partner uh, 10, 12 years ago that set up a, um, a system on the computer where um, they, they just kept making calls one after another after another. So when the bank manager would get back to his office, or she would get back to his office, or where they'd actually check the calls, it looked like they had you know 120 calls from the same person, and yet she would only put you know one call in. In fact, she had a call to stop the system, but she always got her her calls answered back. Most people feel insecure, and they're not calling me back because I'm not, you know, my deal's not worth it, or I'm a, I'm a, a low self-esteem person, etc. In life, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the squeaky wheel always gets the oil. Just think about when you're raising your kids, which I'm not an expert at, uh, even though I have three. Uh, the kid that cries the loudest got your attention most of the time. Uh, and I'm not saying that you need to cry in front of them, but I certainly know know that you need to yank their chain. You need to yank their chain. Um, let's see. I'm looking at some of the questions. Let's see if I can answer. Somebody asked, yeah, uh, uh, yes, Marcus is from Austria. He's going to be at the castle here in a couple hours. I already said that. You came in late. Uh, Um, an, uh, another comment, and somebody just uh, alluded to it on the, um, on the ch in the chat room. Um, people seem to be more afraid of going to venture capitals or private equity people now in, a, in this bad market. Um, I understand intellectually why and emotionally why you say that. But the fact is that less people are bringing venture capital and private equity people deals now than two or three years ago. So they have more time to look at deals, and they have to more time to look at deals more favorably. Uh, and again, if you added at one or two zeros onto your deal, um, they um, they would consider seriously um, what. Or I should say, would consider you more seriously. Um, but the key to raising money, the key to finding deals, is making calls, making cold calls, uh, and it, it, it's not going to kill you. Um, and I know it's, it's it's difficult because it's out it's out of our comfort zone. Um, it's out of my comfort zone now because I haven't made cold calls in a long time. Although when necessary, I can call just about anybody. Recently, I had uh, uh, more difficulty getting a hold of uh, one person than I uh, would probably get than getting a hold of the uh, President of the United States. <coughs> um, but there's less people making calls. There's less people making presentations. For all the more reason, you can find the money. You can sell your dream. But it all starts with your passion. If you're not doing something that you're passionate about, then um, Wasting your time. Um, getting ready to shut down. 
Um, any more questions? Uh, please type them in quick. Otherwise, I'm going to be getting ready for uh, to entertain my guests here. Uh, and uh, somebody says yes, but uh, let's see. Does your strategy work for the same and the centralized banks? Now, the centralized banks, I've said before, <coughs> are more difficult because your investment opportunity is being weighed against other people's investment opportunities. The best vehicle or best bank vehicle is to find somebody that still has an old-fashioned bank where the bank can actually make the decisions um, on the spot. Centralized banks means that they're having 15, 20, or 50 branches bringing all the, the uh, investment opportunities together and um, they're, they're dealing with it. It still works, but it works better at a, um, at a, uh, a branch manager level and where you can actually influence them because we've seen them eyeball to eyeball. What a centralized bank does is it takes that eyeball to eyeball out at least by one level because you're making the presentation to the bank manager or the credit officer in that branch and then he's packaging it up for you uh, and then he's sending it out. And so there's no, there's no DNA in it, so to speak. Um, the, um, somebody's asking for a simple explanation of Q QLA. QLA stands for quantum leap advantage. Uh, it means that you will have a geometric advantage if you follow the precepts. And basically the, the, the precepts boil down to just sentence is that to do what other people are not doing and do it assertively. And uh, most people are tied down to the idea of conventional wisdom. Since my younger son came, got out of business school about a year ago, more than a year ago now, uh, it's, it's interesting to see his perspective of transactions. Uh, and what they teach you in B-School, not just him, but I mean other, other, other young people that I've worked with. And it's, uh, they show you the fundamentals of finance, but they don't show you the fundamentals of how to do a deal. And uh, you can do a deal without knowing the fundamentals of finance. Uh, and I certainly know a, a lot of people uh, that don't know the fundamentals of finance and have done a lot, a lot of big deals and a lot of, you know, just a lot of deals. Uh, and, uh, but it's, it's something that, um, unless you've been out in the real world a long, long time like I have, um, it's, you know, it's the reason why people pay, you know, I guess a significant amount of money to most people to come here and see me. Um, and um, that's why, you know, people like Robert in the corner have been here six times. Because unless you're hanging around with people that are of a like mindset, it's almost impossible to generate the kind of enthusiasm that's necessary to march forward day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. And as I said in my last webcast, uh, from 1971 to 1998 uh, or 99, I didn't take a day off. Uh, and I was so excited to meet this other guy, a lawyer, who had worked one year less than I did. Now I take days off. By the way, I went to uh, South America. I saw uh, Isuzu Falls in the border between Brazil and Argentina. I went to uh, Miropichu uh, to see the Incas uh, and where they started their civilization or ended their civilization. And I went to Galapagos Islands. 
uh, and uh, it was all very interesting to see where Darwin came up with his theory of evolution. Uh, having traipsed around the Galapagos Islands for four plus days, I don't know how the hell he did it, just looking at all these little animals running around. Uh, but he did. So, uh, but I would have never, in many, many, many days I had no internet, and uh, many days I didn't have any cell phones. And so I would have never, ever, ever done that ten years ago. It's more likely that I would jump off the Empire State Building without a parachute than to take that much time. But it was my gift uh, for my 65th birthday, and I, so I took three weeks to take straight off. Um, and I actually consider this the end of my vacation because this doesn't really work for me. I do this in a coma. Uh, the, uh, now tomorrow when I'm screaming and yelling at them and beating on them with my whip, they're going to remind me, Doris is laughing behind me. She's going to say, well, what happened at the end of your vacation? I mean, you're going to get high blood pressure. Um, because high performance people are intense. And even if I did it in a low voice, they're still intense. They're focused. They're laser beam focused. As homework I'm going to give you before I sign off. I want you tonight, it's Sunday night, Sunday sometime for you. I'd like you to list all the people that you saw in the last week. All the people. And then I'd like you to list all the people you talked to in the last week, which may be different. All of them. Your mother, yeah, and, and, and list how many times you talked to Joe, or how many times you talked to mom, or dad, or your, okay. Then, I want you to put it away for an hour, and then think, and then come back and list all your goals of your life, business and personal. Then I want you to put the two pieces of paper, actually three pieces of paper, two on one side and one on one side, and mark down how Joe had anything to do with a goal, how mom had anything to do with a goal, how your neurotic sister had anything to do with a goal, how your priest had anything to do, except for you, Sister Luz, you know, you're, you have a special dispensation. And I want you to, you know, list all those. And I will guarantee you, if 2% of all the people you talk to, and 2% of all the people that you met with in the last seven days had a fucking thing to do with any of your goals, I'll jump off the roof of this castle without a goddamn shoot. What does that say? Does it say that you're serious about your goals? Does it say you're a piss poor time manager? Probably yes. Does it, what does it say about you as an individual? It's time to suck up your pantyhose, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. And if you're serious about being successful, and if you're serious about being a high performance person, then start doing something about it. Instead of just tuning into this webcast which is free. If you're not serious, then don't tune in anymore. Fuck off. Burn my tapes. Burn my book. But if you are serious, and I hope you are, then do something about it. The year ends coming up quickly. So it's time for resolutions, aspirations, affirmations, and goals. Don't wait till Christmas like I always do, between Christmas and New Year's. Do something now. Okay? Thank you very much. I've enjoyed it. And uh, 
to your quantum leap. God bless. Everybody goes quiet at the end. Uh, I thought so, yeah. She does more, follows me more clearly than uh, all these other people. Oh, here, thank you very much. Who's that? Roller coaster, Yes, Dan, I'm a pussy. Yes, I have no balls. That's lovely. Yeah. I'm the one that should get my head blown off. Yeah, it's wholesome as hell. Please just shoot me. <laughs> Guten Tag, Herr Meyer. Und ist Bob. Uh, that's, uh, Meyer is the guy, is Bob. Robert, who uh, talked into uh, Marcus. Cola, Cola says hit him hard. When I hit him, he cried here at the seminar in April. So, but now he's all for hitting everybody hard. Cable spy, isn't that uh, Caleb? <coughs> when I gave the, um, the talk in, uh, in uh, Monte Carlo, I went out to dinner. Sally and I went out to dinner and had some drinks. Came back. I ended the talk at um, uh, 6.30, going 30 minutes. And when I came back, it was 9.30, and there were still people on the chat room. Did he really like that? And uh, did he really hurt you when you come to the seminar? And did he really say, fuck you? Uh, and, uh, and, and Robert was on there like he was like the grandfather or the, or the godfather. He's telling all these people, yeah, he's a Bob Ruskin. And then he's switching to German for the Germans. And did he really call the Germans Nazis? And he said, yeah, yeah, he called them Nazis. And uh, did he really say that there's a reason why we started two wars? And he said, yeah, 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 he said all that. Uh, and uh, Well, how are you all? Nice to meet you. Good to see you again, Doris.
a good um, example of a guy that was raising his focus for five or six years is Obama. He decided, uh, while he was uh, a money raiser for the uh, council uh, equivalent in Chicago suburbs, that he wanted to be president of the United States. He formulated a plan. He uh, got the equivalent of a chairman. And it was a uh, senior political hack, Democrat hack team from Chicago. And we put together a deal where we gotta, we got to be a state senator first. And then from state senator, we got to be a U.S. senator. Uh, and then, uh, you know, uh, in 2004, he made the, um, uh, whatever, the opening speech for the Democratic Party Congress. And he was an eloquent speaker. Uh, and, um, the, uh, and he was very supportive of Kerry and uh, Lieberman, the grand for president, I believe, in 2000. And he had a plan. But where it all fell to shit is that he thought he knew what he was going to do once he became president. But the, the, the Keynesian economic things that he believed in, uh, or that he was taught at the University of Chicago and Columbia University, don't work anymore. You know, the world's changed. So he got other guys uh, that believed in the same thing he did. So he, he didn't have to retrain anybody. And he let him do all this stuff. And now he realizes that none of this shit works. Not none, but most of it doesn't work. And so now he's up against it. And now his own party don't even want to show up at the same place he does because they don't want to be associated with President Obama. And, but he, that, that's a perfect example of laser being focused. You know? and, uh, and before that, Nancy Reagan. Focus, not President Reagan, but Lancy Reagan. I want to be the first lady. So I got to get my husband elected president. So where did we start? Governor. He was already well known actor. He was the, head, he was the president of the Screen Actors Guild. Um, person to show up is uh, Benjamin Chen, and then uh, the Austrian that I read that note about, who Robert convinced the connection tonight, and then the other guys, uh, I'm coming to bring the week, uh, Benedict Chen, comes on Tuesday.
Well, I'm still on. Thank you. I said stop broadcast. I hit stop broadcast. saying, I just ha caught the end of that. That was great. Mark Grant. He's a, there's a guy, an example. Super guy, young guy. I met him as a young lawyer about 10, 12 years ago. And um, we went in to buy a business together here in Scotland. Uh, and his wife decided that um, it was I was chairman of this company called Quantum Pro Marketing, and I had to move him down to the south to England to head up the management of this. Mm -hmm. 